0: Hello and welcome to RGA's podcast. We're going to explore how creativity, technology, and strategy can work together in order to create a more human future. My name is Sasha Martini, Managing Director of RGA in Berlin, and I'm honored and delighted to be joined by Axel Löber, the Head of Global Brand and Marketing at E.ON. Axel joined Eon in 2019. He is responsible for corporate branding and oversees the company's international marketing, insights, and customer experience activities. Prior to joining Eon, Axel was head of corporate branding and strategic communication projects of global science and technology company Merck in Germany, the German Merck, and led the company's transformational rebranding in 2015. So, Axel, welcome to this podcast and thanks a lot that you're doing this with me together today.
1: Thanks a lot, Sasha. Thanks for having me.
0: We are thrilled for you to share with our listeners Ion's transformation journey from a classical utility company to an energy brand with a clear focus on smart power grids and customer solutions driving the energy system transformation in Europe. What would you say how the perception from the customer side of the energy service industry has changed in the last couple of years? I would say that we should have a look uh, into
1: the past of the the energy companies. We come from a regulated environment. So in many instances, customers were seen and also treated as metering points. I always find this funny when I hear this this story. So there was a depersonalization of the customer, if you will. And uh, that then resulted very often also um, in the customer's perception of an energy company And I would say a lot of has changed with the regulation in the the past years. Energy companies have discovered their heart and energy for the customers and as has the customer perception. So customer perception has really improved. And uh, for me, that's kind of an interesting development. We very often have this discussion around what is the customer perception of a new digital business or what is it in an incumbent business like we are. And I think there is a bit of a difference here between an incumbent company with a legacy business and a newly found digital company, Spotify or Netflix of the world, where you can actually create something greenfield as opposed to uh, turning around a legacy business like, like we do. So obviously, Our journey is a bit longer. We have a bit more baggage on our shoulders, also a bit more experience. But um, I think that's kind of an interesting journey. And I think many companies with these kind of legacy backgrounds have similar challenges. I know it from, from insurance industry, also now that the car industry, for example, especially here in Germany, is in a big transformation. So energy, like many other industries, are in a transforming environment. And that is characterizing also our relationship a customer i
0: would say i think the the transformation of the customer from a meter how do you call it metering point metering point yes (laughs) from a metering point to to an (laughs) an actual human being so i guess that that also brings some challenges with you so can you feel changed expectations of the customers towards you as a company are they are they more demanding than metering points or are they in other ways different Definitely, yes, and they definitely should be.
1: And it's not only they, it's also me. I'm a customer as well of my own company. And I mean, we all know it from our daily life. We are used to interact with Alexa, uh, shop on on Amazon and so on and so forth. So this kind of an experience obviously is now also translated into industries where you used to get just a bill from once a year. And that's that. And definitely, this has changed. So, if you have a problem, and sometimes problems occur, that's no big surprise. People obviously and rightly so expect their problem to be resolved within seconds, within minutes, and immediately and to their full satisfaction. So, that is something where we invest a lot of work in. This is more for the energy, let's call it commodity energy. So, where you have your energy contract. But obviously, the energy industry is much more than that. Uh, We are now entering an era of of smart energy, of more and more intelligent homes, smart homes. We are entering the era of e-mobility. So the solutions we are working on are getting more and more complex. And obviously, that also changes then the interaction with the customer. Take a solar panel, for example. You could argue, well, that's just a bit of glass and technology on your roof. Actually, it's a complicated thing to actually find the right one for you, to have it get installed, to having it um, serviced. I mean, this uh, thing is, is operating for 20, 25, 30 years. So you also expect quite reliable solution and also how you manage the energy production and consumption in your home. So things get, get more and more complicated. And uh, this also requires from our end, more expertise in this, let's call them ecosystems in and around your home which then needs a different level of customer experience, obviously.
0: That means part of the transformation you have already started with, young is that you have tapped into completely new business fields, right? So you were just mentioning smart home solutions, sustainable energy solutions you're yeah, providing yeah. For, for your clients, what means that you need a lot of completely new type of skill sets also in your company and, of, your, of course, a lot of higher complexities, how do you try to manage these complexities? So I think that's not a, an increase of, it's hard to say it in, in percentage, but I think it's an exponential growth of complexities compared to the to the legacy business times. So do you have any advice how, how to manage this? A colleague once
1: told me that retail is detail, uh, and I love that expression. So it brings it down to the fact that there's no silver bullet. It's a lot of small steps and incremental changes you have to do going through all the customer touch points you have and really have a close eye on every detail. Um, My team and I, we are also working on that. It is super important that it starts actually with listening to the customer. Sometimes there is this disease in big corporations that the entire wisdom of the industry is uh, summoned in, in one building or these days in one team's room. But if we are honest, the entire wisdom is also with a customer uh, who knows mostly uh, best uh, what he or she um, needs and wants. So listening to our customers, listen to what their needs and wants are and translating this into, into actions and into a good customer experience is really key. And yes, complexity is, is an important one. For me, this was an interesting paradox when I joined E.ON almost two years ago. Energy for me, before I joined and before I thought about the energy sector, energy for me was the stuff that came out of the socket. And if you look into data, around about 10 minutes per year is the time people think about energy, which is basically nothing. And at the same time, it is key to resolving one of our biggest societal megatrends, sustainability. And energy can be a pretty complex thing. The production, the distribution, the usage of it, the managing of it. And I think that kind of complexity that is behind is a tremendous one. And obviously, we don't necessarily want our customer to feel that. And why should they? It's our job to manage that and to provide a solution that is easy, easy to use, easy to understand. Yeah, it's a bit like the infamous Don Draper once said, make it simple but significant. This also applies a bit to the energy industry.
0: Would that also mean that you, you have become more relevant to the customer than you have anywhere in, in earlier times? So do you, do you have the feeling they yeah. care more for how and from whom they are getting their energy? I believe we are in an
1: in-between phase. For me, the beginning of the COVID crisis in the early 2020 was an interesting time. We saw a lot of messaging around, a lot of also marketing activities around from companies saying, we're here, we support you and so on and so forth. I had a bit of feeling that this was a litmus test for brand purposes, which brand is really relevant out there. And in our case, we had been relevant because without the energy industry, there's no light, there is no heat, there is no fuel of the electric vehicle, there is no iPad running. So this is an infrastructure thing, at the same time perceived as boring stuff, as I said, the stuff that comes out of the socket. And if you look from that angle, I think there is a relevance, obviously highlighted and brought to the surface by, by the crisis. And the second one is the energy transition. So the, the huge megatrend and necessity for a, sustainable, for a sustainable future. How can we make our planet more more sustainable? And that is something where energy sits in the core and that has uh, three facets. Obviously, there is a sustainable production. In the past, we relied very much on coal and, and oil and these kinds of things. We are moving more and more towards uh, solar, towards wind, um, other renewable sources. There is the factor of decentralization. In the past, you had this, this power plants. Yeah? You, you can imagine a big coal power plant and then serving thousands of thousands of people around it. Today, you have hundreds and thousands of little photovoltaic installations, or you have uh, wind parks or windmill here, windmill there. And so the energy is not only becoming more sustainable in production, But also it needs to be distributed in a more complex system, fueling an environment that is getting more and more electrified. Electric vehicles for me are a great, great example. It's very simple. You had in in the past in every car, a little combustion engine burning fuel. Today, it's electrified. It can be moved by electric and sustainably created energy. So energy and the energy system sits in the heart and core of that sustainability transformation, Yet not always this factor is understood. And uh, I think we in the industry can do and must do a better job in explaining this. It is complicated. It sounds dull in the beginning, but it is an important factor to bring us into a sustainable future, which, by the way, also makes my job quite exciting at the moment.
0: So that basically means that you as a company are one of the main contributors for, a, I would say, more sustainable and human future, because um, your contribution is absolutely critical. How realistic, from your point of view, is it? So considering that the demand is is rising and rising, you know, when all mobility is powered by electric energy and and all this stuff, of course, we're getting better and better at finding alternative energy production solutions. However, we still might need to rely on fossil energy sources just due to the fact that the overall amount is, is rising so much. Do you have a perspective on that? What EON's role could be within this super significant transformation for each and every one of us? I think it's, it's a journey we are on and um, it won't happen overnight.
1: And uh, no matter who you are talking to, everyone says the same. Okay, we need this kind of bridge technologies and we need to utilize what we have at the moment to bring us into a sustainable energy future because obviously we have to balance it between the sustainability aspect, the reliability um, aspect. So keeping the lights on is not an unimportant factor and also to implement it in a way that we actually can pay for it. It's also a factor we have to take into consideration. We at EON, we have changed our business model fundamentally. So we started off a couple of years ago, it's a classical energy industry with production. So we had coal power plants and these kinds of things. We stepped out of production entirely. So we have two legs now. One is energy distribution, so the grids, the networks. And on the other hand, customer solutions. And the customer can be the person in a flat, in a town, can be someone with a home, or can be a factory, a company, or entire city. And we see ourselves as the enabler, distributing energy and helping customers to consume it smartly. And I think the the word smartly is an important one. We will need energy also in the future. The demand might shift, might develop. So the question is, how can we do it more smartly, more intelligently? And that is the the struggle we have. We have at the one hand, you could say, okay, then just do less, travel less, consume less, which is part of the equation somehow. But on the other hand, I strongly believe that technology can be a strong answer here and helping us to consume energy much more intelligent than we might have done in the past.
0: You just mentioned that, uh, that you are excited to be part of this, of this transformation and also the fact that you individually can, can contribute to, to master these challenges that are relevant for, I think, everyone on, on this planet. Do you have the feeling that, that this purpose, if you want so, can unite the whole company and also create some energy <laughs> amongst the staff in the, in the company? I believe so. Um, if you
1: ask colleagues here in the company, why are you here? Why do you work here? You very often get the answer, well, I can do a very important job for our society. It's really a, a big job if you think about it. It's a bit in the shadow. It's not a very glamorous job in, in many instances, but being an, yeah, an integral part of the infrastructure of our societies, that is an important role to play. And that infrastructure needs to become green. And actually, uh, when I'm asked by my family what I'm doing for a living, some say, well, he's, he's selling energy. I prefer to say I'm helping at least to make our planet a bit more sustainable, a bit more green. And that is really an exciting time to be in the energy industry right now, because it's in the middle of this transformation and you see things changing. You see things shifting. I mean, in the UK, this is our second largest market. We were one of the biggest energy providers in the UK. We switched our entire customer base to renewable energy without any markup or something like that. So that is for me a really a moment of pride where we can say, yes, all these people who are trusting us are supported and delivered by us with sustainable energy. And that is um, for me a very good, actually makes me it gives me a good feeling when leaving the office or the home office
0: in the evening. Absolutely. I think that's super impressive. And I'm personally impressed to see how a company that was seen as a big part of the problem is becoming mm-hmm. more and more uh, a part of the solution, <laughs> actually. <Yeah>. Um, <clears throat> I think this is uh, really impressive how this turnaround can actually work. I would like to come back to a question we were touching on a little bit earlier because we were just talking about the market in general, how it has changed And if you see the Eon transformation journey compared to maybe some competitors who have actually the same starting situation, the same starting points, would you see there are also opportunities for you or is it just threats? And would you even say that you have already benefited from some of the opportunities or how would you see that or put that into a relation to the overall market? I
1: personally uh... Prefer always to see things as an opportunity, not as a threat, because it makes life a lot easier. <laughs> to be very honest, but seriously, if you look at what is happening around us, and I'm leaving leaving the COVID situation a bit out uh, for for a moment, the Fridays for Future movement may have started as a young woman from Sweden, but it is a broader movement. It's here to stay, and it is a, is a reflection of a wider a wider trend in society. And for me, a, a brilliant example is Simris. Simris is a little village in, uh, in Sweden, a very small, very small village. And they decided a couple of years ago, well, let's be sustainable uh, in a way that we can get cut off the grid if we want to. So they produce, store, and use their energy locally, entirely. And that for me is a brilliant example because it makes it very concrete what is actually possible. And you need a lot of expertise to do that, a lot of experience to do that. But it is possible and it shows already today what is possible in a sustainable energy ecosystem obviously this is one project it's not not something we can do already with a huge country but you have to start somewhere and things are moving things are developing
0: i think you're definitely a good example that taking some risks so, so i think that we're a couple of really bold decisions that we're making, changing the entire business model and, and other things related to that tapping into completely new business fields the other thing is How aware customers are of all these changes? Okay, one thing is uh, you mentioned it. Of course, you can do some campaign work just in order to make people aware of this. Another factor is also customer experience. So how it gets tangible for them. And I think we talked earlier about the increased amount of complexity. So the question is, do you have any tools in place or any Brand guidance or other things in order to make sure that your messaging is clear, that your design system is, is being able to be used on a huge variety of devices, but also in very, very different situations. So it can either be a management system for your own energy production or just for a power customer, somebody who wants to see his latest bill or something. So are you dealing with things like that? That's a fair question. And uh, actually, it's a lot of questions.
1: Um, I would say one of the the questions you asked was around, uh, have people already understood in the case of E.ON that, that something has changed or is changing? Definitely, we have to do some work here. Just to my earlier point, when you come with a bit of legacy, that's not easy. And yeah, you're absolutely right. To change perception, you need to do some marketing work, campaigns. We are doing that. And you need to do a proper job in uh, getting the customer experience, right? And the amount of touch points is tremendous. If you look at our uh, customer base, also this is a broad variety. These are people who have an energy contract or people who run a factory or even people who are mayor of entire cities. So that is huge. I would say, do you need to have mechanisms in place to control everything, to control and adjust every touch point, well, the question is, does it make sense to do that or to aim for that? I personally would prefer being very clear in about what do you want to stand for? What is your purpose? What is your reason to to be here in the marketplace? What do you offer? What makes you different to your competitors? And above all, obviously, how do you solve a problem your customer might have? And if you have that clarity, then... I believe the rest falls into the right into the right place because people in the company know generally know what they have to do and know what is best for their customers and their stakeholders as long as everyone is clear about what what is your purpose and why you are here, the decisions will be made into the right direction that will add up in the end, and therefore, I think very often problems in the corporate world are tried to solve by a system or a tool or something like that. I personally believe mindset, culture, behavior, this is the, the real key to move something, something around. And for me personally, the starting point here is the brand. What is the brand all about? This can be your, your center, your focal point, and provides you with the required direction.
0: And the rest is trust in your people. So from what you said, my feeling is also the bigger the internal belief system is or, or the stronger it actually is, the more you can rely on the fact that people are making the right decision. Yeah. Doing their yeah. doing their everyday business would uh, make a lot of sense to me. Um, however, sometimes it's helpful to also have some other metrics in place. So do you have anything like certain KPIs or frameworks or other things, how you actually measure your success also in terms of customer experience, customer centricity or the whole Status of the transformation within the company.
1: We are looking very much on uh, the Net Promoter Score here at at Eon. So, to all listeners who are not familiar with that, it basically says who likes you and who doesn't, and uh, makes a number out of it. This is quite an important one because we we can actually use it to steer customer centricity, also to make it more tangible. Um, it's also part of executive compensation. It has two factors here. There is the number in itself, which you then can use in your your bonus system and in your target setting system and so on. For me, the sweet spot is actually in the verbatim you get. And that is for me the important one. Listening to the customers, listening carefully, clustering that, that feedback you get and really acting on it. And this is something I strongly believe in because it's the first step for a dialogue. And If you want to deliver a great customer experience, obviously you need to know what a great customer experience is. And the only one who can tell you that is the customer. So <laughs> it's, a, it's very simple. Like usual, um, this is uh, common knowledge also from my grandmother. So if you listen carefully, you also will be able to act accordingly. So, and, and that is for us the important piece. Yes, there is a KPI framework around, but for me, the listening component with the qualitative answers. That is the gold we have. And uh, we are in the fortunate situation that we don't only have great customers, 50 million of those, but also we know who our customers are. And that is kind of a difference to fast-moving consumer goods, for example. We, we get a fairly good picture of who our customers are, what their wants are, their needs are, their problems are, so we can act upon it. Is it always perfect what we do? Obviously not. The sheer size is, is a challenge to work on. But yeah, that's the starting point. And this hopefully then also will enable us to give the right answers.
0: So considering the fact that your touch points with your customers have become increasingly digital over the last couple of years, would you say that that the experience a customer has with any of your digital touch points is equally important to any other Touch point like more messaging heavy touch points, like for example, advertising or other things? Or um, do you think one is more important than the other, or it's simply different roles within your brand management efforts?
1: I'm always a bit hesitant to say, oh, digital is more important than physical, or physical is more important than digital. It heavily depends, sometimes a bit on the age group, sometimes on the country we are looking at, sometimes on the journey you are going through. So, making a, a simple comparison. So, if you're Signing an energy contract, usually a digital experience is, is the preferred one. If you have a more complex thing like a smart home with a solar panel and a battery and these kind of things, you most likely will need a bit more uh, consultation. So the physical touch point is is more important. I believe there, are, uh, and this is this is common truth. Obviously, it is important to get the whole journey right end to end. That's the trick. That's the difficult part, obviously, but it needs to interlink. That promise you make with your marketing activities needs to be delivered in digital, in physical touch points, being, be it a, an invoice you get or being it a problem you discuss with your front-end colleague when you are calling and so on and so forth. So then you are really delivering masterclass if you get that one right.
0: Of course, a challenge. It is, yeah. So looking at the overall transformation what is obviously a process not of, of a few years i think uh, of many years what is your gut feeling so what we have learned so far is that if you had joined the same company 10 years ago it would have been a totally different company and a totally different job but if you would look let's say 10 years into the future what would you think what type of company could Eon be in an ideal world in 10 years time that is a great question I believe
1: there will still be a lot of copper cables around. So if you look at the energy network, in our case, more than 1.5 million kilometers of length. So that's quite a lot that's still there. It is maybe managed differently. Today, we see it already uh, with uh, things like um, predictive maintenance, which for me is quite an interesting one, because the one thing which must not happen if you have an energy network is an outage. So that... People are sitting in the dark. If you can avoid that, for example, by predicting where you have to do your maintenance work with artificial intelligence, that is an important step going forward. There's a nice interlink also between the classical physical world and the digital world. The customer experience part of the business, I think, will transform. Um, More and more people have smart homes, have electric vehicles. That will transform definitely the business I believe that uh brand will be also in the future, a very important asset, maybe even stronger. If you think about it, uh, if people say, well, Alexa, make me an energy contract, we better have an answer to that because I would prefer if uh, someone would say, Alexa, make me an Eon energy contract. So this interaction between the different channels we have The known and the not yet knowns is an important one. And I believe you need to have a very strong brand to stay relevant in the marketplace. And that is an important task going forward for us.
0: Right in the beginning, you were telling this really funny anecdote about uh, the metering points. Mm -hmm. So in the meantime, you also mentioned the decentralized production of energy and that also means that a lot of your customers have actually become producers of energies Mm -hmm. in the meantime so i think the so-called prosumer is an important factor so that also means that you are also going into a business partnership with a lot of your former clients or metering points who are now delivering energy actually to you and and you're not producing it anymore so you're more like a broker uh, for this energy and you're exchanging values directly with your clients. Does it change the whole understanding of B2B and B2C because you're actually both um, in relationship to your customers? I
1: love that question because, um, and finally, I had a a business meeting earlier today where we almost discussed the same question. I don't believe in the separation between B2B and B2C. That is, um, please excuse my language, this is corporate blah, blah. Um, <laughs> for me, it's always about um, human to human. The context might be different, but in the end, it's um, it's a social contract you are negotiating with someone else, be it from a business person to a business person or a business person to a private person or in other contexts. And so I don't believe in this artificial separation here. And for me, it comes down to that promise you always make in this kind of a contract and how you act up in this promise. In the end, it's a matter of trust. Whatever context you may talk about, it's about the trust in the other part, the other person, the other company, in yeah, in delivering on that promise made. And that might be the essence. So to your question, will the relationship between an energy company like Eon and a prosumer change? Most likely, yes. But does that change the contract we have? I don't think so. Because beforehand, it might be a contract about, I promise you to deliver energy. Uh, And now it's a contract about, I promise you to take energy, to consult you, and so on and so forth. Might be a bit more complex, but the essence of it is the same. And that is, for me, a very important point. Also, when it comes to how to develop the brand... For me, a brand must always be personal. You must see the, the face behind. You must get to know the human behind uh, the brand. It's always this human connection. And if we can manage that in a
0: different context,
1: uh, we have done a not so bad job, I would say.
0: It's, that's really exciting. So this is one of the occasions um, where I'm really looking forward to the future. Um, what is not always easy in, in this year. Yes. It really makes me look forward to the next couple of years because there are really a lot of really exciting things to come that really change the way we are interacting with each other as individuals. Yes. So that that's a good point. And
1: I think two years ago, I read uh, the wonderful book Factualness by Hans Rosling, not sure if you know it, and uh, it's uh, it was for me an eye opening an eye opening book because it actually says that we underestimate the power of progress and the progress made by mankind. And uh, Hans Rosling also tries to prove that with data publicly uh, available data. I can highly recommend reading the book. It's a couple of years old now, but I found it highly rewarding and especially in a year like 2020, where the context may seem a bit dark. I mean, we're sitting now here, um, not in, in one room, having a, a conversation, a direct conversation, but we have a screen in between us. Nevertheless, progress is there everywhere. And if I, I believe if we all believe in that progress, and if we think about what people can do, if they join together, and if they discover and harness the power of the community, then the outlook for the future might be brighter than we think right now.
0: Thank you very much, Axel. I think this is the perfect statement um, to provide some positive energy to the listeners to this podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation and thank you very much. Thank Um, you very much, Sasha. It was a pleasure today. Thanks. Axel, this has been a fantastic chat. Thank you for joining me today. We wish the very best to all our listeners, your families and colleagues. And thank you for all joining us on this podcast.